stay together. That was some smooth jazz from the Smooth Jazz All-Stars. I love that instrumental. With that said, thanks so much for everyone tuning in to this lovely Friday episode of Guy Live B2B Jam Session. I have an awesome guest who are, we're going to dive deep and introduce in a second. But if you're tuning in from Oakland, shout out to my adopted hometown. All my Oakland people, stand up. Hope you're doing well. We have Kamala Harris in the White House. <laughs> shout out to her, Kamala Harris. Fellow Oakland Knight, Oakland is doing big things right now. Everyone is looking down on Oakland like, wow, they have some amazing people there. And I haven't done an episode where I show love to the the people of the city, um, kind of recognizing and rewarding us for that huge achievement. One of our very own is in one of the highest positions of power in the world, which is something we should be celebrating every single day. And hopefully, hopefully our football team does really great this year as well. So let's hope on that. With that said... If you've taken your morning tea today, make sure you go get to get your morning tea. In fact, go get Big Black Tea at BigBlackTea.com. We sell out every single day on our tea brand, BigBlackTea.com. Sip the tea with us. We've had luminaries such as Minda Hearts, Jamie Smith, as well as the CEO of LinkedIn himself, Mr. Ryan Roslansky, an awesome guy who have sipped the tea with us and are supporting our amazing movement. So check out Big Black Tea. Now, I meet people every single day who tell me they hate their jobs, they're unfulfilled, they don't like what they're doing, they're not happy in the position or role function that they're in, and they're looking for a way out, whether it be that corporate job or that life of unfulfillment. And today, I'm talking with a guy who lives life on the edge of fulfillment, and his name is Jesse Chambers. He's the CEO of Workforce, a tireless advocate of designing our careers around our lives and not our jobs, not vice versa. So he believes the fact that people are going to be much more fulfilled, productive, engaged, and more fundamentally happier if they were able to design their careers around their lives. And he's questioning, him and this workforce team are questioning the inherited wisdom that the only way to work is an office from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And he believes that its sole mission, as well as workforce sole mission, is to help people and businesses realize their full potential by shedding the tyranny of location. And we're going to dive deep on his philosophy on this because he's a digital nomad himself. In fact, you'll be surprised to know when we talk that Jesse actually works out of his trailer, his trailer. And he's currently in Texas right now with me, but not in the same location uh, exactly. He's in Dallas. I'm in Austin. And we're going to dive deep into Ask him a little bit about his philosophy, um, why he chooses to live life the way he does, how he brings him fulfillment, and what he thinks the future of work is going towards. If you guys are excited about this conversation as as I am, because I'm excited to be talking to Jesse, show us some love in the comments, ask questions. In fact, share this episode out right now. If you have a boss who you think needs to listen to this, because I'm sure some of you have like 30 bosses that need to listen to this, share this episode with them and show us some love. And let's Give it up and show some love to Mr. Chambers. Jesse, what's up, man? How's it going, Tim? Thanks for having me, man. Well, man, thank you. It's an honor. I'm so grateful that we were able to find time and make this happen, man. How are you doing, man? You're currently in Dallas. Are you excited for the Friday that we have ahead, man? I'm excited for every day. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful here. We really enjoyed being in Texas. Um, it's a wonderful spot. It's really beautiful. It's it, I have you know trees outside. We're on a, we're on a ranch called the Range. 
uh, life is good. Dude, life is good. You know, that's what I tell everybody every single day now. Life is good. And life is good, obviously, because we're two people who are almost kindred spirits and we're living life on the edge of fulfillment, uh, as, as you and I have talked about before, man. But just I want you to I want you to dive deep a little bit about your background. So let's not even dive deep on you being the founder and CEO of Workforce, because we're going to get into that. But share a little bit about, you know, how did Jesse become Jesse? Right? Where did you grow up and how did you get into doing the work that you do now, man? Sure. So I grew up in uh, New York on the East Coast. Shortly after college, I uh, immediately relocated to the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I knew that I never wanted to scrape ice from my windshield again and that I wanted to work on the Internet. Uh, but I didn't know much more than that. Uh, and after about two decades of living and working in the Bay Area, spent the last decade of my career before founding Workforce as uh, a digital media executive working for some of the biggest, you know, most respected global media brands and working on some really small influential uh, media brands in the Bay Area. Uh, really loved it, um, mm. but found myself traveling a ton, right? Like traveling to Barcelona for Mobile World Congress or to Las Vegas for CES. My company was based in New York. Uh, and so I was there for, you know, at least a week per month for several years. And so without realizing it, I sort of effectively became a remote worker and a digital nomad. Mm. And it was something that I, I quickly realized I didn't want to give up. Wow. So you felt the freedom firsthand primary. You were like, what the heck? You can live life like this? Exactly. Yeah. It really, you know, it, it, it happened organically. It wasn't something that I planned. It just sort of, you know, became, I, I think that like a lot of people, the digital transformation that we've seen in the last decade plus uh, made it possible for me to work in new ways and to work remotely. When I was in San Francisco, um, I was treated like an adult by my bosses. And so if I needed to be in the office, I, they knew I was going to be in the office. If I didn't need to be in the office, they were okay with me joining a video conference from my home office. And so as I, you know, my career for a bunch of reasons, there were some mergers and stuff like that. I wasn't sure that I was going to want to stay at the company that I was at much longer. I started to think about what it was that was important to me in my career and what I wanted in my next job after being mm. uh, at my company for more than a decade. And it really came down to needing to maintain that flexibility. And as I sort of then, you know, ventured out into the job market and said, okay, well, I, I need to find a company that's going to offer me this flexibility in my role, um, but going to allow me to pursue my career and use my skills. I ran into a wall really quickly. There wasn't a place mm. to find information about how to find jobs like that. There wasn't a great place to actually search for jobs like that. And so I had this moment of, of frustration, um, but happily it only lasted for about 30 seconds. And I was able to say to myself, uh, Jesse, you know a thing or two about building digital media brands. If you wish that this thing existed that's not out there, uh, maybe you should just go ahead and build it yourself. Wow. So that that's where the, the conviction came from, from the fact that you were searching, 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 and you couldn't find something that you were like, oh, I need this to, to be able to kind of um, live this career that I believe everyone should be living. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost a cliche in terms of, you know, the founder myth. Uh, yeah. But I found something that I, I didn't see existed in the world that I wish existed and uh, decided to build it myself. Wow, that's powerful, man. So let me ask you, because, you know, we've seen this shift to remote work now. Everyone's living in it. You know, we see the hype. Do you believe that the future of work has arrived or do you believe that it's still being shaped? What are your thoughts on that, man? I think that in the last, you know, six or seven months, it's 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 hastened itself quite a bit, right? I think yeah. that the pandemic 
um, has probably fast forwarded the future of work by five to 10 years. I mm. think that it was on this track uh, anyway. I think that we were moving in that direction sort of incrementally, uh, almost in the background, the way that I described my experience with remote work in my career prior to being the founder of Workforce. But I think that now that this shift has been forced on so many tens of millions of people, we've really gone through a one-way door. I think that there's really no going back to the old way. I think that on both sides, I think that professionals and employees uh, are realizing that they enjoy and embrace and are liberated to an extent by the flexibility that remote work has given them. And I think that businesses are seeing the potential and you know seeing the tantalizing potential of the cost savings from offices and realizing that not only is there no dip in productivity from their employees working remotely, they're actually working in more productive ways uh, when they work remotely. So I think that it's not uh, you know it's not a fait accompli. We're not done with this. We have a lot to figure out and a lot of you know bumps to iron out and pain points to solve. Uh, but I don't think that there's any going back. Yeah, it's so true. And now even in the States, we're starting to see much more people go back into lockdown across a variety of different states, California included. And that's because people are seeing a, a, a re-increase in surges around cases in their locale. So not only were we doing lockdowns six months ago, but now we're doing even more lockdowns. And you kind of have to believe that people are just going to keep living like this until someone says stop, right? I mean, like, there's no, there's no point in us having to go back to this idea that the plus, the best place to do great work is in an office. The the myth has been busted. I, yeah. I think more than that, Tim. I think that, you know, empl employers, businesses, in the future, if they want to remain competitive in terms of hiring and retaining top talent, they're simply going to have to offer flexibility as a benefit at their companies. Mm. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the top employees especially are going to say, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I want this salary, I want these benefits, and I need flexibility. And if the company who's trying to hire them isn't going to offer those things, they're going to move down and, and, and go to somebody who will. There's a lot of fascinating data that's come out post-pandemic. And, you know, one of those stats is that more than a third of, for more than a third of employees, flexibility is the most important benefit that a company can offer, as in, like, mm more than healthcare. Um, and another is that more than half of employees who uh, who took this survey say that they would take a job at a less prestigious company with a less prestigious title if they offered them flexibility. So I think that employers are seeing that now and they realize that if they wanna be competitive in hiring and retaining that top talent, they're simply gonna have to offer flexibility to their employees. You know, and, 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 and I think before, because I've worked in organizations where they were completely inflexible, they believed that I had to come into work every single day in order to be an effective product manager. I eventually left that company. <laughs> and those yep. companies, I was like, yeah, you guys are crazy. That's not how I roll. That doesn't, and I'm, I'm not even able to do my best work in the office. In fact, I think there's this huge myth that people are more productive in the office for no reason. That's where people are most distracted. And that's due to the fact that there's so many people who are vying for your time and there's so many um, different ways to get distracted. But I, I think to your point, Jesse, uh, not only has it been busted, but, you know, it goes back to something that you are a big evangelist of, of the fact that people are going to be demanding and looking to have more control over their time, creating routines on how they work. I want us to dive deep a, a little bit on that. You know, why do you think it's been so long for the working world, as well as organizations, to realize how much power and control that employees deserve versus 
employers always controlling the methods and the mode of work, if you get my thoughts. Sure. You know, I think it's a case of the status quo. I think that, yeah. you know, when things are working, uh, they work. I love your example of your former company. Um, you know, we refer to companies and managers like that as, uh, you know, nine to five butts and seats managers. And my feeling with that is that these aren't bad people. I think it's a little bit of, of the Peter principle in action. I think that so often uh, in our corporate culture today, managers get promoted to their managerial positions because they were really good job, good at the jobs that they're now managing. Um, and they receive training in those jobs, but they don't typically receive managerial training. And mm. so what they do is they fall back on the one metric that they can measure. And that metric is, is Tim at his desk at 9 a.m.? And does he look busy? And is he there until 5 p.m.? And if mm. I, as a, as a you know, under-trained manager, can see those things, then I feel good about it. I feel like Tim's doing a good job and Tim's working hard. And that may be true, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's a, the most effective or the most efficient way to work. And I think sometimes it takes, a, you know, an unplanned shock to the system to, uh, you know, explode that reality and to bust that myth, as I say. And I think that, you know, uh, it, it, you know, in, in a tragic kind of way, uh, with, with, you know, tough consequences for a lot of people, one of the positives that's come out of this pandemic is that companies and managers are, are seeing that, that is not necessarily the best way to work. And it's not necessarily the most productive way to work. Yeah. Shout out to our lovely Facebook user who I could not see he or she's name, who is saying flexibility is extremely important, especially for work-life alignment. Thoughts on that, Jesse? I think they're right on. I think that, you know, for me, it's about work-life integration and work-life alignment. I think that as people embrace flexibility, they also embrace asynchronous work. And what that means for me is, uh, you know, waking up every morning and making sure that, uh, you know, before I have my coffee, I'm able to make a gratitude list and to meditate. Uh, then I'm able to sit down and have my coffee and check through my email, right? I, I read my, my daily, uh, you know, emails from the New York Times and the Washington Post and TechCrunch, and, and I get up on my day. And that works for me. For a lot of other people, they like to get up really early and, and dive right in and bang out two hours of work before they step away and meditate or have a workout. Whatever, you know, we're all individuals. We don't all, our, our rhythms and our biology doesn't all work from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, you know? And with flexibility and the, the growth of asynchronous work, I think we're all able to, through trial and error and through experimentation, really figure out what is the best way for me to work? How can I be most productive and how can I find most the most balance in my life while managing to work as well? Mm. Those are powerful thoughts, Jesse. You know, and I want us to dive deep a little bit more on workforce because you guys are changing the game and have came out with some really recently big announcements. And you know, I want you kind of touched a little bit about your inspiration for workforce, but you know, I want you to share a little bit about the company's mission. And how did the pandemic change things up for you and, and where you all were going in terms of the vision and the direction? Sure. So, you know, for me, the pandemic obviously has been a mixed bag. On, on the one hand, I am you know keenly aware of the privilege that I enjoy having launched a business dedicated to remote work uh, a year before the pandemic, right? So I founded Workforce and began working on it in April of 2019. So uh, that's exciting. You know, on the other hand, uh, my sister's a school nurse in the state of New York, you know, and, my, and I have a bunch of educators in my family and they've really been, uh, you know, dealing with the pandemic on the front line. And, and uh, you know, everybody like everybody else, I know people who've been sick 
um, the struggle is real for that. So it, it's it's definitely like everybody else. It, it's it's a mixed bag for me um, with the pandemic. From a workforce perspective, it's very exciting. Uh, you know, we founded Workforce, as I say, it's a, it's the only media company that's dedicated entirely to remote and flexible work. We create original, exclusive content for what we call location-independent professionals and the businesses that employ them. We have a job board with uh, anywhere between 90 and 100,000 remote jobs at any given time. And we also offer consulting services to businesses to help them be more strategic about their remote operations. And for us, really, what the pandemic made us do, you know, every business is going to have to pivot. Uh, I, I, I knew that long before I started the company. I didn't think that we would have to pivot before we launched. <laughs> uh, but the, the pivot that we took, Tim, was more like a quarter pivot. And that was really to embrace this new reality that tens of millions of people were experiencing flexible and remote work mm. it, that they may not have otherwise, right? And so our content, and, and you know, we launched with over 60 pieces of, of, of original content. We're publishing new content every day. And that content just has to reflect and be aware of that new reality. It also, I think, has to reflect and be aware of the fact that uh, not everybody, you know, who who was forced into remote work during the pandemic thinks it's uh, the bee's knees. You know, <laughs> um, you know, some people are really struggling with it. I think that that is in part because what we're seeing right now for a lot of people is not what I would call like, you know, traditional or the ideal remote work scenario. The, the kids aren't at school. So the kids are at home. They were forced into this, so they didn't get to configure their home office. And we want to be aware of and, uh, you know, aware of that struggle and try to give our audience, you know, tools to mitigate that and tools to make the best of it. Wow, that's so powerful. And you guys are actually recognizing that there's, you know, there's people who are in the pros um, section of this, and there's people who are uh, cons of what the future of work and remote work will look like, and they're creating a content platform that, that actually caters to both audience and recognizes their indifference in a sense. Exactly, and you know, and I think the other thing too, you know, we are trying to address a broad audience. I think it's really important to to clarify a couple things. The first is that we're not just beating a drum for remote work. Um, there's a lot of people who have done that. And, you know, you see the articles with the picture of the person with the laptop on the beach in Fiji. Uh, that, that's, that's great. Uh, and, and more power to them. That is not the reality of 90% of remote workers. Even mm -hmm. if they wanted to take that laptop to the beach in Fiji, uh, they can't. They have, they have kids. They have an aging parent who needs some, you know, uh, assistance. Uh, and so what we want to do is we want to speak to remote and flexible workers. We are beating the drum for flexibility as well as remote work. And that mean, that might mean a company allowing its employees to work from home one to two days per week and just giving them that flexibility to care for that aging parent or to coach the soccer team, uh, whatever that is. I, I do think that in the future, companies that don't go remote <clears throat> that are competing for this talent will have to offer something more like a hybrid model. Uh, and so we're really trying to advocate for that. The second thing is to say that you know, I, I really want to try to blow up the myth that remote work is all for, you know, technology employees who are building SaaS companies on one of the coasts. Yeah. The reality is that there's a lot more than that. And it, it's for a lot more people, not just on the coast, all across, uh, you know, the US, all across the world. There's a ton of great customer service jobs that can be done from home. There's a mm. ton of, you know, blue collar jobs uh, that can be done remotely too. My, my One of my jokes I make is, 
you know, plumbers were the original remote workers. Like plumbers don't work in an office. They come to your home. They're, 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 they're running around. And, and it's the reality is, is that through technology, uh, with smartphones, they can do their job a whole lot better and a whole lot easier. And so we want to shine a light on the, the full spectrum of remote work and try to empower all of them to do their jobs better and to have more integration with their life and, and, and work more productively and in a more fulfilled way. Man, this is powerful because I think you're, you're actually touching on what's definitely missing in terms of when it comes to the remote work conversations that, you know, remote work isn't a, I think some people often think that it's only something Something that is meant for a select few high class SaaS founders and companies and high tech CEOs and organizations. When the reality is that we're seeing an embracement of remote work across the spectrum, even in local communities, in terms of people choosing to focus more on selling um, through local marketplaces um, and are, are now embracing, even restaurant owners are embracing a remote work environment, right? They're thinking about ways that's not only sell through. Um, their local shops, but through direct-to-consumer platforms, and so they can create more time for themselves, and actually are embracing flexible part-time um, employees. And, and I think that there's there's such there's so many different stories of remote work across a variety of different industries and POVs, where we often read about in in the content that most people consume through TechCrunch and all of these other high-tech blogs. We often read about remote work only from the perspective the enterprise SaaS CEO things. And that's literally like 1% of what remote work really is at large. Amen, Tim. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, you're hired. I think that, uh, you know, for me, it, it, it's funny you mentioned that and, and the restaurant thing. Looking back on it, this was years ago, uh, long before I even had the germ of the idea that became Workforce. But when we lived in San Francisco, my wife owned a vintage clothing store. Mm. And every year we would go back to my family's house in upstate New York for a vacation. And, you know, she was the owner operator. She couldn't really take a break, but she was able to run her brick and mortar vintage clothing store from her iPhone in upstate New York. She was getting alerts uh, when her when her shop girl would show up for work for the day. Dropcam would send her an alert and say, hey, somebody's in the store. And she would say, OK, my, my person's here. Her POS system was plugged into her iPhone. So she was able to track sales in real time. She wow. was managing sales and, and creating sales on LinkedIn and other platforms. Uh, she was running her entire business, her brick and mortar retail store in San Francisco from 3000 miles away from her iPhone. And that, for me, was a real eye opener and a wow. real uh, as I say, you know, looking back on it, that's one of the, the the seeds that has grown into workforce is that realization that, yeah, it really is not just for the the tech companies and, and the big SaaS firms and the media companies. This is something that everybody can take take advantage of. Wow, that's so powerful, man. So talk to us a little bit about how, you know, workforce is going to make money. Uh, I know this is probably something that you have to tell investors of every day as they invest in the business and find interest in the business. But how do you guys think about making money and sustaining as a company over time? Sure. Uh, well, and, you know, so I, I was the VP of monetization in my old company. So, uh, you know, th this is something that um, I knew I would have to think about if I wanted to start a business. <laughs> the, 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 the first, there's three ways, Tim. The first way is uh, through sort of always on strategies. So affiliate uh, job board posting. So so we have a job board, as they say, with you know almost 100,000 jobs at any given point. When users engage with that and search for jobs, we get paid you know a small amount of money on a CPC basis. We also um, are working with 
you know, affiliate partners. So, you know, reviewing products that might be helpful for remote workers. And if somebody, you know, clicks on a link and buys something from one of our articles, we get a small, uh, a small payment for that too. The second way is a bit more traditional. Uh, and that is that we're going to work with advertising partners uh, to launch a video channel. So right now, workforce is text-only content, but we absolutely have video aspirations and audio aspirations and all that kind of thing down the road. We want to partner with the types of companies who are building the tools that power remote work. So mm. you know, think of your, your Dropboxes, your Zooms, your Microsoft Teams. And we're going to create an original video platform uh, that you know is in the workforce voice and and speaks to our audience, and we want to work with partners to help us co-create that, uh, to bring that to a broader audience and to get their message out and build awareness uh, for their brands and what they're trying to do. The third way is something that I think is really intriguing and something we've gotten great feedback on, and that is to partner with companies who might be planning to either start a remote company or are operating remote, but having challenges doing that, or maybe they have been operating remote in a reactive way because of the pandemic, and they want to shift to more strategic operations instead of being reactive. And so we're creating a lot of content that we think will help brands and companies do that, but the content can sort of only take you so far. Uh, and if we are saying, hey, here's a hundred strategies that different businesses are using uh, to operate remotely effectively, we might be able to say to the company, hey, here's the six that you should do based on what we know about your business. Um, and so working with them in, in sort of a consulting capacity. Wow, that's huge. And you know, the, with the rise of video, that's going to be an amazing complement to the platform that is workforce now uh, in terms of text-based content. You know, for, for you in a few years, you know, as things continue to change with the, with the future of work and how organizations re embrace remote work, some organizations are still on the latter end of the core on the on the former end of the curve but they haven't really they're not even adapting it yet you know so i feel like y'all's market is just only growing you know where do you see workforce going you know what's that vision in, the, in a few years time that you know gets you excited and, and, and keeps you up every day man i think i mean as you say right there's there's this is an inexorable transition right this is where the future is going and so i feel uh really truly blessed to be um you know at, at the front of that line right now and, and you know, beating the drum uh, for this transition and really helping people there. One of the quotes uh, that I love to think about is, is from Bill Gates. And he says that people always overestimate the amount of change is gonna take place in one year, but underestimate the amount of change is gonna take place over a decade. And I think that that's you know, absolutely true as we think about remote work. I think that as this transition continues, so in the next two, three, five years, not only are you going to see more individuals and businesses shifting to flexible and remote operations or hybrid strategies, we're also going to see a true explosion of the talent race on a global scale, right? I had a wonderful conversation earlier this week with, with the founders of a company who are operating uh, out of Argentina, and they're doing really great work. And I think that they're getting more and more exposed now because of this shift to remote work to businesses all over the world, right? Not just in the US, but businesses in Europe. And so I think that uh, we'll begin to see more and more of that. And what we wanna do is to open that up and to shine a light on some of those businesses to allow the professionals themselves to get trained up on different things and different skills or different languages uh, that are more in demand for the employment opportunities that are out there that they're finding. Wow, that's powerful, man. That's gonna be a game changer. And you know, we look forward to to hopefully partnering with you all and supporting you all as you all are leading this movement, Jesse, 
with workforce. With that said, Jesse, man, thanks so much for coming on the show and you know dropping your wisdom on us and the vision for what the future is going to look like. Man, there's very few people who are passionate about the space as you. So really grateful that you hopped on the show, man. What would be your powerful takeaway for someone that's listening to this right now? They're probably a middle manager or an exec, and they are trying to adapt with the time, but they're struggling. What do you encourage them to do, man? I, I would say two things. I would say, um, you know, for those managers who are struggling to adapt, I would say try and meet your employees where they are. We, mm. We've done a lot of Zoom calls, but maybe maybe it's okay to stop the Zoom call and have a phone call with somebody once in a while. There's a lot of data that shows that actually that's a lot easier for people. I think that also means having empathy and understanding, as I said earlier, that you know not everybody's loving this transition and it's a struggle for people for a lot of reasons, maybe not because they're working remotely, but maybe because of familial responsibilities or the kids aren't able to go to school. So really try and meet their employees where they are. I think from a longer term, you know, 10,000 foot perspective, I just, you know, can't encourage businesses enough to embrace measuring output, not input, Mm. to go asynchronous, to dip their toes in that water. Um, You know, you don't have to be fully remote. You don't have to be hybrid. You can even do this working in an office, Uh, but it really shouldn't be about, is this person at their desk by 9.01 a.m. and there until 4.49 p.m.? What are they doing? How are they doing? How are they measuring up to their KPIs uh, and really tracking, as I say, their output, not the input? Mm, super powerful, man. Thanks so much, Jesse, for dropping that wisdom on us, man. And please, we need to have you on for a future episode, man. What do you think, my brother? Uh, I, Tim, as I say, we're philosophical brothers from another mother. I, I love your thing. I, I'm happy to join you anytime. And I would actually say, uh, you know, when Workforce gets our podcast off the ground, I hope that you'll be one of our first guests there, too. Oh, count on it, man. It's already done. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Have a good rest of the day, brother. Thanks so much, Tim. Take care. And now was the phenomenal Mr. Jesse Chambers, who is the CEO of Force. Man, don't you just love his energy and his wisdom? And more importantly, his vision for the future of work, which I align with perfectly 100%. We're definitely moving towards that future. So make sure you check out workforce.com and all of the amazing work they are doing to help people embrace this future. And more importantly, giving a voice to all of the different stories, I believe, that are happening across the future of work landscape not only in enterprise, software as a service tech, but also even at the local level. And the fact that mostly everyone is embracing digital nomadism today, not only because it allows them to live a more fulfilled life, but people want to spend more time with their families, with their loved ones, doing the work that they love and is fulfilling. So definitely make sure you check out workforce.com. They share all kinds of tips, tricks, as well as stories and highlights of what the future of work is going to look like or is like right now and what people are doing to embrace it and how you can effectively embrace it within your organization. With that said, shout out to everyone who's tuned in and live with us today. You know, if you want to check out bigblacktea.com, make sure you check out bigblacktea.com and get you some hot tea. You're selling out of that every single day. And we appreciate everyone that's down with our movement as well. Also, to be a part of Guide and our early access beta, we're gradually expanding. Check out guideapp.co. Get on the wait list with a whole bunch of other folks. And we'll bump you up if you invite a friend. But make sure you get on the wait list at guideapp.co. With that said, once again, y'all, if you want to be on the podcast and you have something to share about the future of work or you're doing something really, really cool that we need to recognize and highlight, 
please reach out to us at utfow.com. Let us know you want to be a guest or you know someone that should be a guest and we'll embrace you. We'll bring you on the platform. Once again, as we always say, our platform is your platform. And there was a time where we would pitch people to get on the show. Now people pitch us to get on the show, literally. We have podcast agencies just reaching out to us to get on the show and get their people on the show. And we're grateful for that because we believe that if you're leading the movement, we want to show love and we want our platform to be your platform. With that said, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Oakland, stand up. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Enjoy your weekend wherever you're tuning in. And as always, peace, love, and forever abundance. Talk soon, y'all.